Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 30th, 2011. For newcomers, as always, I suggest you help yourself to the audios for free download at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and eventually, if you can wade through them, you'll understand that this system, this massive, incredible system, way such so much bigger than just your general governments that run you, this superstructure of interlocking corporations and foundations and non-governmental organizations that are funded by the foundations, all working together to bring in a particular future, which was often seen as communistic, socialistic, but really communistic. Communism is socialism in a hurry, as they say. I think Lenin said that, and Stalin did too, so it is. However, it's to be the planned society, organized society, and you can see the mess we're in today with the control freak departments, just layers and layers of bureaucracies running our lives and they all belong, all these members and bureaucrats belong to side organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations that really tells them what to do. So hopefully if you help yourself to the audios you'll understand how they plan the future for the wealthiest people on the planet and keep the same economic structure in place basically of usury and the same families lending to nations and compound interest that gets us in this mess and literally how they planned the whole future including the rise of China they helped China to, to rise actually they kicked them up and, and got them up on their feet to rise and be the economic power it is today as we all went down this is all done through legislation, treaties and laws through the World Trade Organization and the United Nations the World Bank and the IMF and God knows how many other uh, private corporations and people still go out and vote so I don't know why I really don't know why but anyway hopefully you'll you get an understanding of how the future is always planned by those who presently rule it and remember too you're the audience that bring me to you don't bring on advertisers to scare you and tell you to buy things at the end of it so you have to keep me going by purchasing the books and discs I've got at cuttingthroughthematrix.com from the US to Canada remember a personal check can still be used here an international postal money order can be used, uh, some people say in cash, and you can also use PayPal. You'll find out how to do it on the cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. Remember, too, there's transcripts on all those sites you'll see listed there in English, and you get transcripts in other languages of a lot of the talks I've given over the years if you go into alanwattsentinel.eu and help yourself to the ones offered there. Across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal. And donations are really, really, really welcome right now because it isn't just the things are shooting up in prices. I'm sure you've noticed in Canada we're ahead of you uh, because we're, uh, we're more uh, evolved that way in, into socialism. And no one complains in Canada at all, really. So uh, they, they really jump ahead uh, with uh, rising prices and taxes on everything and so on. The way of the future for everyone else as we all decline will be the first civilization to die off because of taxes 
if aliens ever come down and see the factories and businesses and everything's there, but there's just no people, and that's a cause of death to excessive taxation. You know, that, that's, that'll be our first one in history, maybe. But that's the way it's going, and, um, and people think it's all quite normal. Quite normal. Most people are utterly ignorant of the fact that China did not bring itself up to its present standards. Uh, it, it was brought up by treaties and by the funding of you in the West, your tax money. Again, as I say, through treaties, World Trade Organization and their private company under the, under the guise of a, a world authority and the United Nations. And uh, we trained all their engineers before they even had factories in places like Canada and the States and elsewhere. For, for 25 years, we trained them. They had no factories to go back home to at the time. And they knew it was coming up when we signed the final GATT treaty, the G-A-T-T treaty, to build them up to a super status as we fell on our faces. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. It's an odd existence, isn't it, when you, you grow up in this system and your parents don't know that it's, it's, it's not really what it appears to be. And you, you, you're indoctrinated from school, that's why you do have state-run schools, to make sure you'll get the same uh, fictitious history of, of your past and, and, and the government's past and, and really what they're there for and all the rest of it. And we grew up thinking it's all quite natural. And no one really cares much about it as long as there's pennies dropping from heaven into your pocket for, to play yourselves, etc. But once it starts running uh, short and dry, we start having a closer look at what they're all about. And then you find out they've been making treaties for years across the world and through this, this superstructure of the United Nations that was supposed to be uh, eventually blossoming into a form of world government. It actually coordinates world government, really. Uh, with its NGOs and its, and its, its departments of oh, thousands of bureaucracies. And in reality, too, as I say, well, if it's not working for the people, why should we go along with it? Is, it? is there really something sacred about keeping a system going that's not working for the people? And it's, when, you, when you ask that sometimes, people, because they're indoctrination, well, they'll, they'll get steely-eyed or glazed over or even hostile because the indoctrination into saving a system that is utterly corrupt and it's not yours and it's never really served the people at all, uh, it's in conflict with your indoctrination. And so they, they tend to attack the, the person who's saying it, basically. And at the same time, they'll go along with all the changes that the government will, will do to take away more sovereignty from them and will tax them heavier to give away to other countries again and it's not really other countries. It's not charity to help people anywhere. It's to help the corporations that are set up in third world countries. So really, we live in a fiction all the time, a fiction that's always uh, it's, it's superimposed upon our brains through indoctrination in the media and even through fiction as well. But it takes a long time for a lot of people to break through all of that, to ask the right questions. And when they do, and I, and I say that waking up is just like coming out of a tunnel into a field. I've used this analogy often where you see a, a, a forest across the field, and that's where you want to get from the mouth of the tunnel across that field into the forest. And there's all these 
these flags up saying, I've got the truth, come over here, join us. And it's usually left, right, left, left, right paradigm all the way. It's all minefields. Another one, too, is a third one, which is they've got the spiritual truth. Uh, join this one, and, and it doesn't matter what happens in the world, uh, you'll be okay, you'll pop off into another dimension or something. And and that's really what's laid out for you to choose. And that they, all, they will all soak up your time, your energy, uh, even the new agey ones, uh, they will soak up your lifetime. Uh, sacred geometry, all this stuff, uh, as you scribble away drawing circles and, and finding nice little geometrical patterns, uh, they're all meant to just, just drain your neurons in your brain. But in reality, you always get back to the same thing at the end. Uh, you can't wish this away, this system. And the system is nothing to do pretty well with you, what you think government's about uh, or how you've been trained to perceive government. And it's also got nothing to do with, with what they actually say in government because uh, the ones who run the world run your governments and they, held, they hold most of their meetings uh, in secrecy, the really high meetings, the semi-secret ones are published for the public, like the Council on Foreign Relations or Foreign Affairs magazine. That's the external stuff. But the high stuff for global governance, the planned society, the eugenical society, where they slim down the population and create new types of humans down the road, getting all the imperfections out of the ones that exist, uh, and deciding what they want to go on with as a labor force or genetic force, you might say, that that's all done at a much higher level. Very old system. You can read the books by many of the players who were writing about it up until the, the 20s and 30s. And then because of Adolf Hitler, it became rather uh, a negative thing to talk about eugenics because he was actually using it openly. And he was obviously the bad guy you see in that war. He always made sure that their guy's obviously the bad guy. And they were undercover for a while and changed the names of the associations, but the same association still existed today, even the ones to do with Darwin and uh, all the other characters to do with eugenics. They're still here today. So we're living through the transition phase, as they call it, to time, you know, world and transitions. You'll see that, that kind of title incorporated into long-winded titles elsewhere. So we're, we're going through the transitions. They've already destroyed uh, most of what society was about and what it was, was about, even though it was in poverty generally in a lot of Western countries, the fact is that the people themselves could survive with each other and because of each other. It started with the family unit, however dysfunctional they became down the road with the media, the education and, and the liberal agenda. Uh, regardless, they, they were still able to hold together. But that had to be destroyed, according to Karl Marx. So they did that. It's gone now, finished. And... Uh, uh, once that that happened, people like George Orwell, in, in, uh, not H.E. Wells, I should say, said the government can talk right down to you as an individual and there's no members of family left to stand up for you. You have no children, no, you have nothing. You're on your own. And that's what government wants, you see. Because, you see, you're there to serve your government, uh, not the other way around. Uh, and that's the trick of this double-think world that we live in. And gradually, over many, many years, especially in the U.S., they were the last to go down with the idea, at least, uh, that the government was here to serve the people. Uh, government has actually taught you you're there to serve it, and you're there to serve an economic system. That's your function, is to compete with other countries. Whether you're, you're, you're stoking a boiler room somewhere or, or you're manufacturing stuff, that's your job, apparently, is to compete with those guys over whoever they happen to be at the time. And is that really what life's all about? We don't get a chance to say it in any of this. We have no, there's no vote there. What do you think of this idea? 
No, no, it's just there, and all the big media, the Council on Foreign Relations, all the big globalist agencies will tell you the same thing. That's your function, to grow up, to work hard, pay all your taxes to make sure your government can lord over you very strongly, and do what you're told and compete with those guys over there. Now, this is really a strange, it's an economic system, you understand, but it's a commercialized economic system. It's not just basic working for food, clothes, and things you need. It's, you must compete by overproducing things which you actually need. And that's why you do destroy forests here and there, and you do destroy different things, because that's what they're doing in the third world now, uh, because the IMF came in with their awful loans and compound interest, now they have to use the intensive chemicalized farming. It's part of the conditioning of getting a loan. And in no time at all, they destroy the soil and they pollute their, their land, they pollute their wells with all the chemicals uh, that, that drift into it. So this is a, 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 a disgusting system. It's a devastating system. It's the same system, this economic system with overproduction, that uh, are the cause for wars. We're told to go and compete with other people, including warfare, when required. Uh, for resources, so as we can take those resources back home, overproduce again, and, and sell it again somewhere else. It's nuts. It's nuts. But again, it's very cleverly nuts. It's not so nuts for the ones at the top who've been doing this for thousands of years. And these are the boys, these magicians that manage the money system. Because every country has its ability to create its own cash without debt. But they don't do it. In fact, those big, big wars went on to make sure they got in these private central banks. And lots of folk got assassinated on the way. And now they're in charge. They pay all their top members very, very well. They pay all the top uh, people in the Council of Foreign Relations very well. They bring them up to high status. In fact, you can't get up to yourself. The door has to be open to pull you up. And, uh, and you must serve them. And again, you're well compensated for it too, for doing so. But at the moment, they've got this all in a, almost in a form of stasis in the world where we have this inevitable impending crash, supposedly, this, this ongoing crash. This is worse than, than the movies in slow motion, isn't it? Where you see it crashes coming and then they go back again. You see the windshield flying out in little sparkling bits in the night sky. Uh, this is worse than that. This, this crash has been going on for years now. All because of the same banks that were supposed to get up on their feet again so as they can screw us all again. This is incredible that this is taught as a science. Can you really believe this is taught as a science? And that there's no other way we can do it? And plunder every few years and you just reward them with trillions of dollars so they can plunder you again. And look at the lifestyle these guys have. Look at the, look at the level of lifestyle they're living at. While you at the bottom, well, all, all you get to is, is to be taxed more. And more debt put on you because your government on behalf of you is borrowing cash from these same podgy-fingered characters that handle the cash. And we're told we must save this system. Now, it's the same in the EU too, the, the European Union, as they're putting, uh, they might put about 1.3 trillion. Another, it's just throwing borrowed money into this black hole in space. Hoping to plug the hole and Greece will float, you know, like a ship sinking. Utter rubbish. Utter rubbish. And, and, and then they want to merge Europe even closer together with a gigantic central bank made up of all the same characters who sunk them all in the first place with the same system. It's kind of like having a, a beautiful car, but the engine keeps falling apart. 
But it's all, it's all nice looking at a car and pretty new looking. You want to get a new engine, so you keep putting new engines in it. It doesn't last long. So you can't create anything new unless you create a new engine for it, a brand new engine, different design. No, but they want to put the same engine into this European monstrosity that's plundered the taxpayer at least twice every, twice a century. That's the standard. And we're taught from, from experts from the top down that this is normal. And we have to, there's no other way. There's no other way to do it. You understand that this was intended to go this route. And people were getting by when they were not part of the EU. When it's such a, a massive conglomeration of greedy folks at the top working together to bring about this empire where they and their offspring will rule it. And that really is what it's about. Then uh, everyone else is going to suffer and pay for this monolith, this giant that's teetering on its toes until we inject our whole lives into it. It's time to pack it in and toss it in the sea. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just just mouthing off about the, the, the mess, uh, really on behalf of the people, because I, I know it's planned this way, it's all planned this way. Uh, the, you don't give all your manufacturing to another country and then say afterwards, oh dear, there's no work for the public, we just noticed. It doesn't happen like that, nothing happens like that. It's all long-term projection, every possibility on every move that government makes through treaties, etc., is carefully figured out beforehand. So we're living through, as I say, a decline, but a planned decline as another another empire is, it comes up to full force. They even talked about this uh, at their meetings, the Royal of International Affairs in the 1930s, that China would eventually take over from America when after America had taken over from Britain. This is the 30s, remember, as a policeman of the world. So they, it was all planned that way. And what we've got left with is this, this incredible nanny state society where so many can't do this and you can't do that. Uh, and bureaucrats looking over your shoulder to do for everything. And they want to get in. Look at Britain. You cannot believe it. It's worse, it's worse than anything that, that Huxley talked about in Brave New World. I mean, it's really, you're getting watched for everything. And bicycle marshals and garbage bin inspectors and, and lots and lots of this kind of stuff and spies all throughout society. Nothing to do with terrorism. It's to see if you've dropped a piece of paper on the ground and things like this is big news stuff. No kidding. And you want a population to, to be patriotic in a society like that? It's destroyed. It's finished. That's socialism to the extreme. But they're not stopping, they're going to all, they're getting even worse. And this whole super structure of the, this economic union with a super parliament they've created with its secret meetings at the top by secret people, we don't even know, know who they are. This is the model for America and Canada to, to, to copy. Well, we have to do the same, you see, to survive. We'll, we'll all collapse financially by our, on our own. This is what they tell you. This is what they told them before they joined the EU. Look at them now. Look at them now. And we have to copy that, though. And they want to be socialized until there's government departments in every part of your life telling you how to eat. I said it years ago, eventually they'll be in your, in your home weighing you with a weigh machine. 
And, and they're giving you a fine on this. Everything's punishable by a fine, you notice that. It doesn't matter how, what your income level is or isn't at all. It's, it's all fines. This is socialism. And trading the public from birth to death. Economics, you say. This is, you exist for the, the state of economics. And that's what they also say to, well, can't afford to treat you with cancers anymore. It's too expensive. I've got, we've got a few trillion to toss over to the Africa right now, but we can't treat, treat you at home. I've got a war or two to fight as well for the, the people who own the country, for oil fields. And we go along with this. Why? Because most folk don't care. Plain and simple. Most folk are so happily, happy with their, their weekend binges, and they go partying, and their cheap entertainment. There's so much of it. It's un- unlike what they've had in previous times when even with the communist signs, uh, they, they've got the recruits when folk had nothing, not even a radio or access to one, never made the money to buy it. See, we're beyond that where people are getting poorer and poorer, but they've got cheap entertainment and lots and lots of booze, just like the Soviet Union had at the end. Same thing. If it works there, why wouldn't it work anywhere else? But here they are too, Denmark... It's the first in the EU, and they're all going to copy Denmark now uh, to put down more taxes. That's all government does is make laws and levy taxes. That's all. That's all they do. They don't make anything else. Just misery. Anyway, Denmark taxes fatty products. It's the first to impose the first fat tax and a drive to slim its population. Is that the job of government? Is it? Is that what they're in there for? Decide how you'll look, what size you'll be, how much you weigh? And all the rest of it, what you're going to eat. Is that what government's all about? If government was concerned about healthy eating, they would never have, have number one, put all the small farmers out of business. They kept food pretty cheap and plentiful and fresh because it was all done locally. They wouldn't have done that, would they? No. And, uh, but no, it's a different uh, thing altogether, a different agenda altogether that government has. They, they break the legs of the cow and then they kick the cow because it can't get up, you see. So anyway, they're the first one to start this, and it says the move may increase pressure for a similar tax in the UK. Well, you know what's going to come, which first suffers from the highest level of obesity in Europe. Well, look at the junk they're left to eat, and it's all cheap junk, lots of sugar in it, but cheap junk. Because it costs a lot for real, and they won't cut you from eating meats, for instance. And that's what only proteins folk were getting. The rest of it's just sugars and junk. So starting from Saturday, Danes will pay an extra 30p on each pack of butter, 8p. So that's going to cure a fine on everything. That's going to stop folk from eating something. That, that's how they do it. That's what they, that's how they see law. Law's about fining you and penalizing you so you can't afford something that, that some might actually need. Because they're not all fat, for goodness sake. But this is the collectivist punishment they give you in, in the Sovietized system. If one person does it in a million, the punishment goes in. Oh, God, you're all, you, you all might end up like that, so we're punishing you anyway. And where's all the cash go? Is that going to stop obesity? The government's going to rake cash off you from every lungful of CO2 you breathe out. As long as it's cash, they don't care what they call it or why, why it's there, as long as they can soak you and give themselves massive paychecks. Because we live in a time of Absolutely blatant, incredible corruption. That's what government is today. Utter, self-centered, out-for-myself corruption. 
Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the Matrix. Now there's a caller hanging on there, but I'll take him before uh, the half hour here. And it's, uh, it's uh, Dave from Arizona, I think it is. If he's there. Yep, hey, how's Dave. it going, Alan? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, I thought I would just, we'd talk a little bit about the illusion of ownership in these countries. Yeah. And what I mean is, if you own your house, and your property tax might only be 1% of what your house costs, they'll take your house. I know. And if you own a car, and you don't put the proper uh, tags, or if you don't have the proper insurance, you could own your car, and they'll take your car. Yeah. So my point is, is there really any ownership at all in reality? No. And, and in fact, you have to go into the Council on Foreign Relations' own archives, uh, and you will find there that they happily, they, they, they boast about the fact they were the ones who brought forth to Congress the bills for income tax and property tax. They brought it forth. And the, this, their sister company in Britain, Royal for International Affairs, on their website at Chatham House, they were the ones who started it off there. So this, this, this private, uh, very rich people, once again, brought forth the, the, the taxation on us to do away with property altogether. Anything which you register to the government is no longer yours. Including your kids? Yes. I just wanted to ask you, because I heard this, I don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly in 33, the United States was broke. And if you actually look on your birth certificates here in the States, they actually have a bank. It's a bank note. It actually has a bank note company. I don't know if it's a kind of paper, but it also has a number which supposedly uh, is a mutual fund. If you look up a mutual fund, it's actually a treasury bond. Is there any truth to any of this stuff? I don't know about the treasury bonds, but I do know... Uh, that the whole idea of registering children to the state uh, is, is a, a legality that they force everyone through. Uh, and when you do go to court, that's your given name. That's and everything you get from the government will say, what is your given name? And if you use some other name and say, I'm, I'm called whatever, then they, they have to drop that and find another way to get at you. But that is a fact. But you, you register the child there because that child technically now, and more so you'll see in other countries that are further ahead, and the U.S. is catching up, mind you, with, with uh, Children's Aid and all the rest of it and all these social workers. They can come in and snatch your child because now the state is in charge. That child is a potential economic earner and an economic taxpayer for the government. It's their property. And if they say it's been abused or you're holding back its potential to learn or whatever, they'll take it from you. Sweden is way ahead even than other countries. They're, they're the flagship for this area. And they make no bones about the slightest thing and they'll grab the child because it's an economic unit uh, and, and a provi- a, a basically a, an earner which can be taxed for the government. That is a fact, yeah. That's, that's where they come up with the phrase human resource, right? Yes. Okay, because, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it kind of makes sense is that basically we're just energy for the machine. I mean, we're just yeah. fuel for the fire. Yeah, and they actually have an organization that's been there since the 30s or 20s, in fact, uh, about techniques and so on, and they actually classified this new coming system as energy units, and people themselves are energy units, uh, and they work it out on your, your lifespan or potential lifespan, all to do with eugenics, you know, your parents lived this long, you might live the same, and uh, etc. And you'll you'll actually produce so much in your, your, your lifetime, and, and you give so much to government in your lifetime. That's how they manage their books on projected incomes in the future, is just deciding how long you're going to live and how much tax you're going to pay. I got a feeling though, like here in the states, they're kind of—they don't want kids now. Now they want it all slowed down, and because there's no jobs, and because they don't know what to do with the people already. Oh, they know, all right. We we, have to die off quietly. Actually, not occasional riot here or there, unorganized. But we are supposed to come down. I've no doubt about it at all. Right. I I, I knew at the time when they did the the free trade negotiations, and at the same time they're building China up to be this monster of, of commerce. Uh, they, they had put nothing in place to replace the, the manufacturing jobs. That was a whole segment of society excluded to unemployment forever. Uh, and, and that told me all I needed to know. That we, we have to go down the tubes now. Plus, they make it economically unviable to have children. It's, it's expensive to have them. And when I mean, you, it's just hard to live anyway. It's hard to live, exactly. And this is all a disincentive to have children. This was all discussed again at eugenics meetings back before even Hitler came in in World War II. It's kind of like one thing that I see, I don't know if you see this, but there's only so many ways to make money. One of the ways was real estate. They they killed that. Now the only way to make real estate, money in real estate really is to rent out properties. I mean, you can make money that way, but, you know, as far as sitting on a house and waiting for it to go up in value, good luck. (laughs) Good luck. See, I keep telling folk, this system is designed by people who've been at this for an awful long time, including handling whole populations with potential income. That's where all this stuff came from. It's an old, old art, actually, taught from father to son down through banking generations, international bankers, and population sizes, potential income, uh, and taxation, and how loans would get paid back to them. This is an old, old technique, and they've written off societies in the past and let them sink into oblivion. And the same, but they never fail themselves, the ones who, who run it. But, but you're quite right. So, but the whole idea with property, it's not meant that you win. Uh, even if you do all the right things in your era, and the folk who were living, uh, born in the 20s and 30s were taught to save up their pennies and don't be spendthrift and save it up and, and get a nice home and one day you, you'll have this. And, and No, no, no. They keep devaluing and changing the currency. So you can't win, even when you're doing all the supposed right things. The ones at the top, however, get access to super trusts, things like that. You can't even afford to get into a super trust without a few million dollars, quite a few million. It's it's basically, it's a parasitic system that feeds off of the people. And, you know, your kids get sent off the war to die for corporations and... You know, all of the jobs and everything gets sent overseas, and all yes. your tax dollars are already spent, yep. and so on and so on. And, and so your on. pension money, everything else is gone, 
uh, all the cash you paid into it is gone already. At least in, in other countries like Canada and Britain and elsewhere, they actually admit it every year uh, that they've already spent all your pension money and, and your, your health care cash is gone as well. Uh, and they can't get enough cash. And, of course, this is why they're going into the absurd now of taxing your air that you breathe and, and all the rest of it and taxing you for being fat and taxing you for all the things which they have caused because people today can't get – people at the bottom can't get access to good food. Right. It's too expensive. Uh, you know, one one other thing, too, is uh, – I mean, aren't they really just making it so people are just, I mean, even the West is going to be totally third world. Yes, you're right. I mean, that's what I see. It's just because, like you're talking about, every single thing is taxed. There's no jobs, and they're just setting it up. Well, you know, they're setting it up to the point where there's nothing you can do. I mean, if there's no work and there's no money, you're just going to go you know, most people are just going to go. They're not going to figure anything out. I mean, they're just going to go along to get along and yeah. end up wherever they end up. Well, uh, like the sci-fi movies that work with the Pentagon, of course, they'll get funded for predictive programming. So we're used to the ideas. They always give you this bleak future. Blade of, Runner. Yeah, yeah, and rubble towns with massive police structures who've got all the, the, the massive uh, equipment to kill you all. Escape from New York. Children of men, that kind of stuff, all this stuff, yep, same scenario over and over again, because the boys in Hollywood work with the Pentagon, they know what's, what's coming down. The Pentagon, we have to understand, and, and this is what they don't understand in the U.S., and the militaries that you have are mobile. They can be moved anywhere permanently. <laughs> right. And that's why they've been building for 30 years permanent bases across the world. And they, they will go with the elite and this is what they said too a long time ago just like Plato's Republic they'll have a super class of military personnel who will be mobile who will move with the elite wherever they go and if they want to go over and live in Iraq for for 100 years they'll do so they've already built up their, their cities there for that particular purpose and elsewhere they, they built up hundreds across the world for this purpose and they'll leave you the dregs at home or private companies like Circa or whatever Circa or they call it, call it to, to, to stay at home and, and just bash you over the head, taser you and kill you. I mean, that's that's what I see coming down the pike, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, me and you have actually talked about this before, about predictive programming. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. If you look at, you can actually see what's happening now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Well, oh, thanks yeah. for your time, Alan. Always great to talk to you. Thanks for calling. Bye. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. We're living through it. People will not get it because it's unthinkable uh, that their fantasy will collapse in them. And uh, they didn't realize it's coming down now. It really is coming down. They're talking about setting up this superstructure of our infrastructure bank of America. I think it's going to really, again, have to start off with more borrowing from, a, from the foreign bankers again. And then they'll be paid back by, again, the citizenry, the U.S. taxpayer. Another massive bank on top of that uh, in the strange public-private partnership deal where the public gets screwed and pay for everything and the private part gets all the profits. I mean, this is the best that they can do uh, as we go down the tubes. And the roads are a mess everywhere in Canada too. They've been leaving them alone for so long, except these superhighways 
where they can whiz along the military to quell down uprisings in the future. Read the archives section of CuttingThroughTheMidgets.com. Look at the, the think tank for, for Britain and NATO because they've got a 90-page report on what they see for the future. It's all in there. Nothing but riots, food riots even, in, in the Western countries. And people out of work and, uh, and you also get the same things too, because it's, it becomes simply survival of the fittest. And the fittest really, uh, who survive in a civilization falling down are the crooks and the petty crooks and the guys who stick knives in your back and rob you for personal survival. That, that's, that will all come. And meanwhile, you've got police states building up under this phony baloney nonsense of terrorism everywhere. They knew what was coming down when they signed the, the, the GATT Treaty to finance China up to superstar performance status to take over and nothing left back home to replace uh, the work. They knew what would, would happen and that's why they were been praying for years with internal super armies to take care of it all. That's what it is. That's what it is. We're living in nanny states now. And all this stuff in Britain, and an average U.S. citizen is going to have a hard time with it, but no kidding you. I mean, I mean, you step out your door, there's a, a bike marshal that wants to see if you're going to put that plastic bag in the right bin, or he'll fine you $1,000 on the spot, sort of stuff. No kidding. Or they want to put cameras right outside your home that look in your windows, which they've been doing in Britain. And meanwhile, they're still singing all the national anthems and land of the free and all that stuff. And China's bold new plan for economic domination. This is from the Council on Foreign Relations. This is their spin on it. And it says, over the past few months, Beijing has released several plans laying out its vision for the country's economic future. China's 12th five-year plan. Remember all these five-year plan, 10, 20, I've always mentioned the UN does the same thing. Uh, and, and we sign it through Kyoto conferences too, the, all these plans. We'll, we'll do a five-year plan for this, 10, 50-year plan for that. It's all the same organization, you understand. It's been here for a long time. Communism, capitalism, it's all the same thing. Because the, the capitalists created the communists. Anyway, approved in March and a follow-up plan released last month by the National Development and Reform Commission reveal a national strategy with several worrying developments for multinational corporations. By the way, tie everything in with Agenda 21. I've got an article from China here where they actually mention that they're still calling it Agenda 21 because their citizenry hasn't caught on to the meaning of it yet, where they change the name here because we're all pretty well up on what it means. But uh, tie in with Agenda 21. You won't need your cars shortly, or even good roads, because you won't be travelling anywhere. Only essential vehicles only, etc. Remember, the economic blueprints are focused on seven strategic emerging industries that Beijing aims to dominate at a global level: alternative energy, biotechnology, new generation information technology, high-end equipment manufacturing, advanced materials, alternative fuel cars, and new energy technologies. Global firms that compete in everything from hydropower to flat panel display technology will have to account for stronger Chinese competition. So we're all competing in this race, this human race. Now we know what the race is all about. It's all competing with each other, right? And for countries such as Japan and Korea, with hopes of having their domestic firms lead these industries, these new Chinese plans may necessitate revamping their policies of state assistance for corporations. So, once again, you've got China into the public-private partnership deal of financing corporations to 
so they can win this big, you know, human race. You know, we're all on the starting line and bang, off we go. <laughs> to support the strategic industries, Beijing has set to provide accommodating fiscal tax and financial policies as well to reasonably guide mergers and acquisitions to increase manufacturing industry concentration, according to the published plans. By the way, the same people who owned all the big corporations and who lend to countries and, and of the West are the same boys who own the factories over there and who lend to the, to, and who run the Chinese banking institutions as well. Yeah, they're not stupid, you know. This, anyway, says, this includes roughly 1.5 trillion in government spending, almost 5% of the GDP annually. The goal of which is to grow the strategic industry's contribution in China's growth from less than 5% to 15% by 2020. In other words, China plans to triple the role that the high-tech industries play in its economy. By 2020, Chinese chartered estimates that China's economy will reach $25 trillion. At these levels, China intends that $3.75 trillion, or roughly equivalent of Germany's annual GDP, will come from its seven strategic industries. The only one hope you lay out for China, as kind of like Mexico, is that the corruption is not quite so taboo there. They don't have the old hangovers from uh, Ten Commandments or anything like that to go by. So, And they believe in luck, a lot of luck, you see. And so corruption is pretty rife in China. And they might even break down over the years in the future with their big city-state areas uh, being private gang-run and, and fighting with each other down the road. It could very well happen because they're all corrupt, you know. And would you be a politician or even a public servant, as you still call them in China, um, even though they're technically all communists and belong to the Politburo, and you can't open a business in China unless you go into business with the local Politburo and pay them their, their fees, much like the Western governments do. We just call it fees here, you know. But you, you can't get one started. But um, it would be interesting to see how it all pans out over over there because corruption is inherent. Would you get a, a, a politician's or even a public servant's salary when you, when you know that your pal at school is now in private business and he's going to be a multi billionaire in another four or five years' time. So payola and exchanging payola is quite a normal thing in China. Interesting to see how that stands up. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. I also put up the other article from China itself on what they call the New World Order. Now that they're actually taking their rightful place, you see. And this is the West has been telling them for years, now take your rightful place, meaning take over the, from the world as, a, as a, the policeman. Now we'll go to Frank from North Carolina, if he's still there. Hello. Yes, Alan, thank you for taking my call. You know, yes. the, uh, the ripple effect is a very interesting phenomenon. I find it more and more fascinating each day. I've been calling in for about five or six years to the local uh, talk radio stations, mostly quote-unquote conservative neocon. And uh, I've always been the lone voice in the wilderness, particularly around 9-11, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm finding is, and I had a question for you, I'm no longer the lone voice. All of a sudden I'm starting to hear other voices uh, coming in, black, white, uh, conservatives, 
calling in questioning the official story of things. I've, I've just turned uh, one radio station upside down today, the local 50,000-watt station, uh, thanks to your help from many years ago. But I was wondering, have you, on your end, ex- do you, is there any indication that there's any type of increase or exponentially, ideally, increase in awareness and people willing to speak out? There's definitely more people... Uh, especially young folk uh, aware of, of it. Um, the problem is that, that they've no direction as to where to take it, what to do with it. I mean, you're waking up not just to one big fraudulent act uh, being imposed upon a whole nation and a world, in fact, but you're also uh, you're waking up to what you would do about it. Obviously, if the system, the corrupt system that brought this about, um, is still in power, the same system. And then they crash the banks too, and make and then say it's all your fault for not competing hard enough, uh, etc. Do you really want that same? People just don't know what to do, and and that's part of it too. Is there's no real structure? There's no organisational structure. The ones who are organised are the ones who've been organised for a hundred years. And that's the communist side. And I get lots of articles sent to me that, that circulate the the, the the Patriot Circle uh, circuit, and that I know that they're communists, but the other people don't know they, they, because they have a lot of good articles there, professionally written articles about the system. So who wants one or the other? They're both uh, two sides of the same coin. Um, we need something different uh, for the people uh, for the first time, perhaps, and, and well over a hundred years, because we don't know where to take this. This is the whole thing. The government itself is, is not about to to change its system at all to accommodate the public. The government itself is, is a secret society, as far as I'm concerned, to cover all that their misdeeds up from the general population. And you know, so what do we? Yeah, what do we do really? It truly is a secret society. Government is, yeah. yeah I made that point today on one of the shows, and uh, they started playing the Twilight Zone music. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, hey, don't forget the uh, the tinfoil hat and the little green men and all of that. And some of them are actually, some of these neocons are actually starting to admit there is an elite globalist uh, group of criminals that are yes. running things. But at the same time, they clap and, uh, you know, when I hold parades, when we kill Anwar al-Awlaki, who I, you know, I kept saying, well, you know, he's probably a, a creepy guy, but why was he hanging out, according to Fox News, at the Pentagon after 9-11? I mean, uh, the calls are going crazy. I mean, they don't know they don't know what to do. But I, I called in three different times to three different radio shows on the same yeah. station today. And yeah. there are more people calling in. Well, that, that's that's the start of it. And... Um, but obviously things have to change and have to be more open. It's going to be more, you're not going to get transparency from a corrupt system, uh, that's held up on its a foundation of corruption. It's got to be altered, obviously. And if there's an organization that has the ability to alter it, unfortunately it'll be the wrong one. <laughs> Probably the other side of the banking elite, the underworld, they're on that too. But, but, so we've got to really work on that and find out how. But thanks for calling. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada. Remember to buy the books and just keep me going. The mate. Otherwise, you know. It's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.